That is the problem. We start something, we throw it out. We start something, we get a new board or new leader, it, it goes away. And this one-off business and then starting over wastes money, wastes time, burns out people. For me, it is the long haul that creates excellence. It's saying, what more? What else? How do we go deeper? What did we learn last year and in the years before that we need to build on? It's not like, okay, we've arrived, we need no help anymore. Welcome to Unlock 360, the podcast that delves into education, systems, and leadership. I'm your host, Edwina Adams, and joining me on this episode are Wendy York-Davoud, the founder of LTL 360, along with Lyle Kurtman, CEO of Future Management Systems, and Cindy Peterson, the former superintendent of Gateway Community Charters. Now, make sure to stick around to the end of the episode to learn how you could receive a coaching session driven by a research-based leadership competency assessment. Check out the link in the description where you can get the four key steps you must take now to stop your educators from leaving. How did you collaborate, Lyle and Cindy, how did you guys collaborate between Future Management Systems, LTL 360, and Gateway Community Charters? How did that begin? Well, you know, actually, if I could jump in, I think there's two paths. There was how we started with Wendy's work, with Coherence work, and how we started with Lyle. And then after we started each, we chose to collaborate. So the path with Wendy was out of some work that Gateway Community Charters was doing with AXA, Association of California School Administrators, uh, something they called a system collaborative, which had 16 districts and Gateway, which is a charter management organization. And the coherence work was a component of it. And Wendy was working for a different company at the time, but she was the person who was our consultant doing the consultant, doing the coherent kind of work that we were starting at that time in very baby steps. And actually my introduction to Lyle was an interesting one because I was doing a lot of uh, workshop presentations and speeches and stuff about leadership, about leading from the heart, meaning making, how to create a culture of leadership. And out of the blue, somebody who had seen my presentation, who was from Napa, emailed me and had Lyle Kurtman on the email and said, you guys need to meet. It's kind of random. It's kind of out of the blue, which I don't generally follow up on. But for some reason, <laughs> I drove to Napa and I met Lyle and literally could have talked to him forever because we were totally in alignment in our thoughts. And he really pushed my thinking. Um, about where we might be able to go. And so that was kind of the birth of the work with Lyle. But at that time, his work was coaching and leadership coaching separate from the coherence work that we were doing uh, in our um, educational academic um, inquiry cycle work that Wendy was doing. Uh, when COVID hit, Wendy um, um, left her other organization and became LTL 360 and became our primary server in this work. Um, and then in the midst of that, what I will tell you is, I, I can't point to the exact moment, but in all of the work around coherence and integration of coherent systems, you will see stair steps of leadership, how you lead coherence in academics and everything else. It always includes leadership. There is no way to become coherent without leadership. So as we're hearing from in the GCC from Lyle about both strengths and constraints of our leaders and how it's showing up. We're hearing separately from Wendy 
how the strengths and constraints are showing up in the leadership of the academics. It's like, guys, we got to get on the same page because we should be coaching them the same way about their strengths and constraints, whether it's about how they're showing up in the coherent academic work or how they're showing up in the rest of their leadership. But it was it was a little clunky to start with. It was like, well, how are we going to do this? What does that look like? And that was Lyle and Wendy's work to figure out because I just said, well, I'm paying you both. So let's figure it out. (laughs) So we got to the table a lot. Okay, we got to the table a lot. And I love them both because they were both very open, um, willing to question, willing to explore. And also, if things didn't work, willing to change direction as necessary. That's very great. Wendy, do you have anything to add to that? I I didn't even know the story of how you two met. So I've been just like listening and taking it in. Uh, That that was really neat to hear. Um, I think I just would say that Dr. Peterson's vision was was innovative. We haven't found a lot of um, organizations that, you know, districts or charter organizations that um, ask two, two separate providers to integrate their work so that, you know, it has um, depth and meaning. And, you know, Lyle and I always describe our, um, his work is like leadership on the people side. And you know how do you um, how do you lead? How do you coach based on the person and the team and who they are as people? And our work is more about the instructional side. And bringing those two together was um, was innovative and inspiring. And we have just been able to. Uh, I mean, we started. At Lyle, Lyle will describe it as parallel play. We kind of started off like in parallel play, and then kind of clunkily came together, and um, and then. Since then, we've just, I mean, we speak probably three times a week um, on the phone or in Zooms um, to, to collaborate and make sure that um, our work is advancing the organization's mission and vision. And I, I would simply say, for me, when we started bringing that together, it was a no-brainer because I am talking to Lyle about this that's holding this leader back. At the same time, parallel, like you said, I'm hearing from Wendy, this school is being held back by this leader's constraint. It's like, well, but we need to be doing the work together to build that person's constraints then. I, you know, what if they're getting two different messages? So all like GCC, Lyle and Wendy all need to know this is what this leader needs to do to grow and become so that our students can can excel, you know? So I, I love the, the concept. It's, it, we're going to win over the rest of the world, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> well, how has this partnership changed the way LTL 360 and future management systems approach the work with GCC? That's interesting. Lyle, do you want to jump in? Yeah, I think, you know, we went from, from the parallel play, you know, to integrating more. We started connecting and then it occurred to me and, you know, and Wendy at the same time that um, it's not having two conversations about leadership and instruction and then connecting them. It should be the conversation about instruction. So I had to switch to say, okay, let's lead with the instruction and let me bring the leadership into it because the instruction is the work that you need to do, but the leadership affects the work. So we started the lead more in our sessions with what are they doing instructionally? And then I would ask questions about why it wasn't happening or what, why it wasn't working. And I'd start to find leadership and management problems. So then I would integrate that in. But this way we could get to the result faster because we're not going through two separate doors. We're going through an instructional door with a different perspective. Is that 
Correct. <laughs> you nailed it. Nice. Well, Cindy, you kind of alluded to this with the parallel play, but having LTL 360 and future management systems both working in your district could be viewed as a lot. So why do you feel like this is important to have both organizations supporting the GCC? And like I said, I know you alluded to this, but do you have anything additional? Well, if you think this is a lot, you don't know what else is on our plate, by the way. <laughs> so um, I actually, um, we have a culture in the GCC that we created early on. It's a culture of a journey to excellence where you never arrive. You don't arrive as a person, as an individual, you don't arrive as a school, and you don't arrive as an organization. And if you ever think you've arrived, it's time to leave because that's just not possible. So for, for me, um, this work of both, it, it's like there isn't another option, okay? We must grow our people. Uh, we must grow the ability of our people to be the best they can to lead the work. And then they must know the right work. And um, the work with LTL 360 around the coherence and continuous improvement and the increase cycles, that's the right work. So you have to be your best leader, but intentionally doing the right work and modeling on your campuses that that work is the important work. And so for me, that's how you make sure the organization understands why we must do both. Yeah, I think the other thing I would add to this um, from a lot of work I've done nationally is to be a leader today, you have to be an integrative leader and be able to integrate things together. The problem in education is most people are not. So they see everything as a separate initiative and then they get overwhelmed and then they want to cut the initiative. Cindy and Wendy and I see this as all integrated. So we're trying to coach people to think about how to connect two things. If you don't do them separately, it actually takes less time and you get more impact. But I think everybody's so overwhelmed today, it's getting worse. Everything is separate. And that's why people are stressed. So they're taking things off their plate um, for the pandemic. Cindy never stopped the work during the pandemic. We never stopped. Most districts stopped all the work and just did the pandemic. That's the difference today. And that's why districts are struggling. When we started this story um, on the podcast about how we got started with the Access System Collaborative, which was a great experience, um, in the three years of that System Collaborative, we started with 16 districts and us. By the third year, we had only about five of the first districts and almost none of the same people. New people trying to figure out, well, what is a system collaborative? We were the only thing I believe that remained constant. And I think that is the problem. We, we, we start something, we throw it out. We start something, we get a new board or new leader, it, it goes away. And this one-off business and then starting over wastes money, wastes time, burns out people. And so for me, it's the, we have been with LTL 360 in some form and with Lyle in some form, I believe for seven years-ish if not more. And for me, it is the long haul that creates excellence. It's saying, what more? What else? How do we go deeper? What did we learn last year and in the years before that we need to build on? It's not like, okay, we've arrived. We need no help anymore. Because I've never in my 20 years of leading the GCC seen any school that arrived at a place where they were perfect and didn't need any uh, ability to push them up farther. It's, yeah, it's staying the course. And I mean, after all, what you know, we're here for students and every student, no matter how, you know, how well they're doing, we want them to do even better. 
And so it's about staying the course. I think Cindy nailed that to nailed that as well. Um, you know, it's it's so many districts are distracted by the next quick fix, the shiny new object, and um, and then people their people get burned out and overwhelmed. When um, what our work has been about is really developing the people and the people learning from one another. So um, I think that's been the difference. You know, there's another side of the problem we don't really talk about. The, the providers and the consultants are part of the problem. Being a consultant and provider myself and so on, because they want to do their separate thing. You know, I used to consult with our state superintendent in Massachusetts, and I helped him bring together all the providers in especially urban districts. They were all working separately. They had di different points of view, different outcomes. They were doing their separate thing. So the people are hiring everybody separately and they didn't want to work with it. So getting them to integrate together, that it's not just about your training program, it's whether it's affecting students' results is a big part of the problem. It's on, on that side too. So I don't know if you, what you think of that, Cindy? You know, I think, I think it's true and it's human nature because they want to be the expert at what they're providing and they want you to want only them. Um, and so, I mean, it, it doesn't surprise me, but um, certainly I think that's what makes this um, partnership and collaboration different is I think it's the setting aside of, of ego and the ability to say what's right for kids and what's right for this organization and a mindset of growth. Both of you had a mindset of how do we grow? How do we grow to do this new integration thing? But I will tell you what I keep hearing in the thread of it all and in my work that I was doing across the last few years is I'm with Lyle 100% integration, the word integration. I have modeled it. I have shown it. I have presented about it. And there is just a reticence to synthesize. And, and I know there are people who probably naturally do it better than others, but we really need to figure out either in leadership programs, um, in administrator training programs, we've got to figure out how to teach this higher ability to say, and how does this go together? And where are the parallels? And where are the overlaps? And how is this integrated? Or if it's not, how should I be integrating it? And I, I don't think it's a skill that comes naturally. Good point. You know, what I'm hearing is, you've always got to be learning and that's most important for the people at the top. So they need to be learning and integrating in that. Don't forget to check out the link in the description and learn more about LTL 360 and how you can get the four key steps that you must take now to stop your educators from leaving. Now, have your stakeholders been receptive to the coaching and support? You know, um, I think uh, receptive is an interesting word. <laughs> so <laughs> I think that if you have a leadership, so our leadership team um, of principals and um, directors, if you will, is probably about 35-ish people now. And I think you're, you'll find um, some form of a, um, you know, normal curve. You got, you know, some big adopters, you got some, okay, I'm in this, and you got some that are kind of like, oh, I don't know, maybe I'll just play the game. And I think that's normal. And you work with all of them because they're your people or they're your babies, as I call them, my, my children. Um, and um, they don't all take it the same way. They don't all learn the same amount from it. Um, but 
um, what they do know from from the message that they've been given from leadership is we will always be growing we will always be becoming you have not arrived yet um, this is a way to help you be your best self i care about you enough to help grow you to be your best self i care about our students enough to help grow you to be your best self and um, i've not seen evidence and outcomes about academic improvement that shows that you don't need to continue to grow in your academic inquiry work. So with that being true, um, you know, how are we then going to move forward? So, I mean, I think that we, we have a good percentage of people who are learning and growing, some of them more enthusiastically than others. How's that? Yeah, I, you know, I just started with a, a new district in Texas yesterday, and the superintendents like said, you know, I want to learn. I want to get. It's it's an A-rated district in Texas, so it's a high-performing district. So I looked at the leadership of the team, and they're not strong leaders. And the superintendent said we should never rest on how we're succeeding. We should get better every day. None of his people are saying any of that. So I warned him and said, I know you think they think that way. I don't think they do. And he saw that in our first meeting. So I said, they're going to resist this way. They're going to say, we're fine. We're already in a rated district. So I want to warn you, this is going to happen. You've got to stay the course no matter what. And I think he will, but he's going to get resistance because why do we, we're already in a rated. Why do we have to learn anything? And that isn't that, that's just a shame. And it's unfortunate because no matter how well my child did, if I had a child, I'd want them to be able to do better. We want them to be able to be their best. And that means they're always learning and growing, no matter if they're already getting good test scores or not. Well, and I, I think that, that that's also that standpoint um, of saying this, are you, just because you're A-rated doesn't mean you're perfect in every area. So are you willing to be curious and look at your data, which is what we do with LTL 360? Let's look at your data. Let's look at all your subgroups. Let's look at all your subgroups over time. Uh, let's look at your subgroups over all your subjects. Are you telling me that you are A-rated in every one of these? I doubt it. I bet you there are areas of weakness that you could take time to become better at. That doesn't mean you're not A-rated and you're not great, but you still have room to improve. And I, and I think uh, the work we did with Wendy to start with was to create safety was really slice the data. So it's not a perception, it's data talking. And it's multiple measure and multiple measures. So the A rating comes from their standardized testing, um, and you know we we need our students to be able to think critically and to problem solve and to collaborate. These are the 21st century skills that that kids need, and we can't t uh, test that, you know, on on a standardized assessment. Um, we have to be able to look at multiple measures of data. You know, um, so we're observing, collecting observational evidence, both, so we have qualitative and quantitative. Um, so yeah, I'll push back on that A rating. Well, Lyle, that leads me to a question for you. What is a misconception you found that some leaders in education have? Yeah, I think, you know, one I talk about a lot is the, um, not at the superintendent level, but when you move down to other levels, they believe that they have to be able to solve everything themselves, that they are going to be successful by handling everything themselves. And they shouldn't look at weak in any way. They shouldn't look like they need help. 
I always say superintendents, and I spend a lot of time with superintendents, don't have a problem at most of the time admitting a problem because they're measured by their success, not whether they ever got help. But I think the people below think you should never ask for help. And I think that's the, one of the biggest problems I see. They Superintendents are always asking, Cindy and I used to talk, well, I just went to this. What do you think about this? Should I, should I look at this? And she, if it was a principal, most of the time they'd say, well, I better not admit that I don't know. So I think that sets off a whole model and why education is like that. I mean, it's true in other sectors, but education is a little more like that, that I got to show that I know. I think it's hard for superintendents. The average tenure of a superintendent is three years. You are hired by the board. Um, you can't look weak. If you look weak, you won't last the three years. Um, if you look weak, the if you're in a, not in Texas, but if you're in California where there's a strong teachers union, if you look weak, the teachers union's gonna run over the top of you, right? Um, so that's some parts of it. But if you come back to what you were saying, Lyle, it's the day-to-day -day work where can you collaborate with your people and make sure they understand that you know they're the professional. You're on the site, so you're a professional about the site. I am not, I've not been on the site in a long time. So you tell me about your site, and but let me help co-create with you based on your knowledge and you know my vision, if I, you know, mission, et cetera. Um, I don't think we do that enough. Um, I don't think principals do that enough with their teachers. You're the classroom professional. I want you to help lead one another. I want you to help lead our instructional journey. I'm going to be a part of it, but I'm going to give you, I'm going to lift you up. So in other words, leadership at every level, Lyle and I have talked about this. Even early on, we started doing work with teacher leadership because we need everybody to be a leader. And I see a lot of superintendents who aren't willing to give up any degree of leadership to go all the way down to the bottom, which it should. It should, leadership should be everywhere. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I think that's connected to it, is that the, I always say I work with superintendents, but I look for answers from the teacher and the student and the principal. So the answers are there. So how, the rest of the world has shifted more to the people closest to the service or, or the uh, product to be more decision makers and have a role. Education has held on to the fact that the top people have to make decisions. And I think that's hurting. It's really hurting education. And that's one of the reasons people are leaving. That's what I wanted to add. I think uh, too frequently teachers, um, administrators at the site level, um, and even some uh, administrators at the central office level that may not hold um, the assistant superintendency or the superintendency as you know their title they think leadership is about a title and a position and being the boss. And so I don't want to be a leader. I'm, you know, I'm not a leader because I don't have that title. And so I think, you know, we have to work with them to understand uh, what leadership is about and what it really means, um, because we're finding more and more that people don't have a common um, shared definition or understanding of what what we're talking about when we say, no, we're trying to build leadership at all levels. And remember that also leadership at all levels means ownership at all levels. You know, early on, I talked about this idea of renters versus owners. I need an organization of owners. You know, I need them to feel like this is theirs 
And um, when it's theirs, you own it, you have accountability, you have responsibility, you help the person next to you because it's ours. And um, I think that's what I think of when I think of leadership at all levels is, is, is ownership. This is ours. And therefore, I must lead and influence in the area I can to make our organization, our school, our program, the very best it can be within my scope of influence to do so. Wendy and Lyle, what is the most important for GCC to accomplish as a result of your work with them? Sustainable, improved outcomes for students, behaviorally, socially, socially and emotionally, and academically, um, equitable across. That's that's it. Lyle? I would agree. Right. It's it's see that's the part that where leaders get in trouble. They change that speech. They try to appeal to everybody. It's one answer and you stay with it. That's the word. <laughs> don't get I always tell, don't get distracted by other questions. Always answer it with Wendy said. For me, as a result of their work, I wanted to see I'm not going to think, I can't think of the right term, but I wanted to see a lack of variability. I wanted to see excellence in every classroom. I wanted to see inquiry cycles um, and everyone applying them to become um, better, not episodic, but I want it to become more universal. Um, and, and that's hard and that's a big goal. But um, for me, excellence comes when there isn't a big difference between what's happening in classroom A, B, and C, they're all at the same high level. Another part of that is the, the sustainable comes from developing those teacher leaders and other leaders. So a measurement of our work is as we start to see people who are in teacher leader programs or in assistant principal roles or things like that become the leaders and be successful. So that's a measurement because that helps a district or a charter school network, but it also helps the field. Even if they go to another place, it makes a difference. So I think, you know, I always watch the leaders. As they start to emerge, that's where we're going to get the power. And they can come from anywhere in the organization. You know, one of the most flattering things that I had happened to me was when I would go to a conference and out of the blue, somebody would come up to me and I'm like, oh, you know, Tim, uh, you know, haven't seen you in years. And uh, it's somebody who, quote unquote, grew up in our organization and but was launched into a different organization in a different leadership role. And this one individual recently, and, and they said to me, do you know that I do this, this, this and this? And I realize it's because of you and because of what we did at GCC. And that is just, um, it's so flattering. It's so, I'm so grateful because as Lyle just alluded to, that means your circles of influence are much broader than even your organization. Because you're building leaders that are going out and touching the lives of students and growing you know, their staffs. And um, you know, that's a great testimony to the work that we have done together with LTL 360 and Lyle. That's so great. Well, Cindy, what are you hoping will result from GCC's future work with future management systems and LTL 360? Well, you know, as a person who is uh, sadly not going to be leading that work <laughs> because I have retired, you know, my hope is that um, that the work continues um, to become more excellent in its integration and in its growing of our leaders. Um, it is my hope that it continues to become a part of how we define our work in the GCC moving forward, which is what sustainability is about. It is my hope that we grow enough our leaders that they begin to 
themselves own and lead it at a higher level. Um, and um, that as an outcome of all of that, our students' outcomes continue to become more excellent. Um, that, that's my hope for the GCC in the work. I would totally agree with you. The other part I would add is we're in a workforce crisis nationally. You know, people are leaving, can't, we can't get people. I don't agree with that point of view because I think there's a way to deal with it. And I think what GCC is doing, my, my point of view, I know, Cindy, you'll know what I'm talking about. If you do this work consistently and you really get out to people that you're coming to a special place that will do that, the people will leave the other districts and come to you. They will. So you know, the best talent, that's how you sustain it, is get the best talent. But people think the best talent's only about money. It is not only about money. Money is a part of it. But if you if they know they're coming to a place that really makes a difference where they're valued and they're always learning, you'll get the best people and that's how it's going to work. And the other places are going to lose it because they're not creating that environment. For a limited time, we are offering superintendents, assistant superintendents, and site principals a free coaching session driven by research-based leadership competency assessment. Go to ltl360.com slash free session to redeem this while slots remain.